Hi and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 36 and today we'll chat why it's a good idea to have an emergency fund and how to go about it. That's coming up in moments. But as I say, this is show 36. And in our previous episodes, we've covered mortgages, insurances, pensions, investments, help to buy schemes, and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. So if you have a general financial query, first place to look is our back catalogue. Search the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find us there an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, maybe you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, this week, emergency funds, I suppose the, the place to start, just to make absolutely sure, is for you to explain to us exactly what an emergency fund is. Probably the best way to describe a, an emergency fund is money that you've got saved to pay for anything unexpected that comes up. So I mean, that could be a bill that you hadn't planned for. It could be a change in circumstances. For example, if someone loses their job and they're, they're unable to work or, uh, or maybe unable to work due to illness or injury. So it, I don't know why it's called that, but it, it, the cash is often called a, a rainy day money. So that, that's basically just money that's there um, in case of emergencies. This is where my dad's advice would break away from what yours is undoubtedly going to be. Because my dad would say, if ever you get a, a lump sum of money, son, spend it as quickly as you can, because sure as God made little apples, something will come along to take that money, if not. Uh, the thing is, Phil, and you'll know this because you, you plan your finances meticulously and your, your company does it for the other people every day of the week. If you know exactly what your money's doing and you've got everything covered, why why should you have an emergency fund? You just never know what's around the corner. I mean, I, in the past, I've seen like people have maybe their cars packed in. I mean, it's a bit extreme, but your house could be hit by lightning, for example. So, <laughs> and, and well, storm damage comes up quite, quite regularly. I've seen some people had their homes flooded. So you just never know what's around the corner. But if you've money set aside for emergencies, you're less likely to experience financial difficulties. And I mean, if, if you need money quickly, you'd maybe have to borrow at high interest rates. So it gives you peace of mind that you've just got money tucked away, to help you sleep better at night if, if that was the case. How do you know how much to put in your emergency fund? I mean, how do you work that out? I, I would say in general, I, I tend to recommend to people to have probably about three times their, their kind of monthly expenses. So so let's say you had um, expenses of £2,000 a month. I, I would recommend then having an emergency fund of maybe about 6000 there. I mean, for, for many, that might seem like a daunting amount to, to aim for, but I would say don't be, be put off. And remember, even if you're saving any amount, regardless of how small it is, having something is is better than than nothing so I, I would say to folk like try and set some goals even maybe by the end of the year to say right I want to have x amount saved up by by the end of the year but what I would also say is aim for something that's quite challenging but also an amount that that's achievable as well but the, the amount that you need really depends on on quite a lot of things for example if someone was a let's say a single chap with, with no dependents, the amount that he would need would be likely less than somebody that maybe has 
a family, got a mortgage, got loans. So it, it really does differ from, from person to person. And, and I'm not saying that the person that maybe is single with no dependents doesn't need anything because they, they still do as well. So it is, it's, it's important to have an emergency fund set aside there because, like I say, you, you just never know what, what might come up. And I mean, some people have got insurances in place to cover like certain expenses that, that might come up. So somebody might have, for example, house insurance, car insurance, dental insurance. I mean, dental bills can be, be quite a, a lot of money these days as well. So, I mean, some people will have policies in place that will pay out amounts, for example, if they're, they're off work, long-term sick. So some of the insurances you often find they might take a period of time before they kick in. So again, it's good to have some some extra cash there as well. But I, I would say in general, really you what you want to be having about three times your your monthly expenses as an amount to have as an emergency fund. You mentioned the dentist there. My wife was sitting on Sunday night and I said, "Oh, what's that? Oh, my filling has just fallen out." So well, look, I'm away at the garage to get a hammer. You can just bang it back in again. Because we don't have the money to go to the dentist right now. No, it's a lovely scheme, this idea, Phil. A lot of people are going to say, though, and you, you've sort of touched at the sides of this, they're going to say it's a pipe dream. That They don't have any money left over in any given month to put aside for anything else. So how do they build an emergency fund? I, I would say trying to get into the habit of saving regularly is a, a good way to, to build up an emergency fund. And you're right, a lot of people don't have much spare cash or, or no spare cash at all. I mean, over the last year, a lot more people have been working from home, so they've maybe been able to save on fuel costs. So, so maybe looking and saying, right, I've saved a bit on that, so let's save that money. They, they've maybe been eating out less because we've not been able to, to go out to restaurants the same as, as what we had before. So I think it's getting into good habits. One of the things, I mean, if you make it and say, right, I want to save this amount regularly each month, getting into the habit of saving. And again, the, the longer you do it, the more you're, you're going to build funds up there. One thing I've found in the past is some people almost like to have more than one emergency fund. So they might have one fund to replace their income should they, they be unable to work for, for any period of time. Um, and then they've maybe got a separate emergency fund there that would pay for any unexpected bills that come up. So another bit of advice would be don't even restrict yourself to one emergency fund, maybe have a couple, but for, for different things. And th there's no right or wrong way of, of doing it, but it's just choosing a method that, that kind of works best for the, each individual really. I suppose, and I remember this from when we were talking about saving up for a holiday or a few tips there for, for finding the money to save. I suppose, in a way, if you just say, right, I'm going to commit to, let's just say, £50 per month. If you treat it like a bill, like it, it, it can't be dodged, just like it's another expense, like you'd put away for a private pension or for an, you know, an insurance payment. If you treated yeah. it like that, then you don't even think about the money as being available. I know, well, that's it. I mean, a, a few of the tips that I've got, I've put here, make it simple. So set up a monthly transfer so that the amount's automatically taken from your current account and put into a, a savings account. So that, that would be the first sort of tip. I've got five here, so okay. make it simple is the, the first one. The second one I've put is time it right. So I've put... Um, set the transfer so it goes out of your bank account straight after you get paid yeah. or get your pension or benefits. So I, I, that's important. I mean, I I tend I get paid at the end of the month and all my bills tend to come off in the first of the month. So straight yeah. away, I know, right, I've got X amount left in my account. So the, the timing is a, a good thing as to, to when you're building up any um, emergency fund. 
I, I would always say keep your savings separate. That would be the, the third kind of tip that I've got there. And by keeping your savings in a separate account from your everyday spending, you're less tempted to then spend that money. So I, I would definitely say get a separate account and keep that money separate. The, the fourth tip I've got is check your spending. If you don't think you can afford to save, try closely monitoring your, your spending for a month or two. You might find areas that you, you can cut back on if you haven't reviewed your, your bills in a while. So things like house and car insurance, it could be your energy costs, your mobile phone bill. It's worth reviewing all that sort of thing. And you might be able to free up some money by switching to a cheaper deal as well. So check your spending is, is another thing that I would encourage people to do. And then the, the final and my, my five little tips here is save first. So for example, if you get a pay rise, think about saving some of that cash before you, you get used to having that extra spend it. Because with the best will in the world, a lot of people do the, the more they make, the more they spend. So it's just getting into to good habits, really, is, is what I would say. Now, assuming that you do find that money, Phil, taking one of those tips there, or maybe more than one, where's the best place to keep it? Because the thing is just now, you know, the, the level of the interest rate isn't great. And also, if it's an emergency fund, I suppose you want to have it sort of relatively close by so you can access it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in, interest rates, unfortunately, in the banks are pretty poor just now. But you, you do, you want to have that money accessible. There's no point going and tying it away for, for any period of time. So regardless of how many emergency funds you, you choose to have, the money should always be easily accessible. So you want to be using things like easy access savings accounts, instant access cash ISAs are, are another one. You want to be avoiding accounts where you've got to give a long period of notice to take your money out. So for example, you get maybe... 90 day notice accounts, I would tend to avoid them because you might need that money sooner than yeah. the 90 days. So a lot of that accounts, you can still get the money out, but you lose interest if you take it out early. If, if someone's on certain benefits, they may be able to qualify. The, the government's got what's called help to save account, and it pays a generous tax-free bonus to help boost your savings. So if you qualify, you'll get 50 pence for each pound that you save over four years, although there's limits on the, the maximum bonus you can get. So, for example, you can only save up to 50 pounds a month into the account. But for, for folk that qualify for that, if they are on certain benefits, they can go online. They, if you just type in help to save account, it'll come up. I think the very top one usually is the, the government page. So if you go to gov.uk on there, the, there is a section that says... Um, help to save account. So for anybody that qualifies for that, that can give their savings a bit of a boost as well. And I wonder where you stand on this one, Phil, because, you know, we're, we're living in unprecedented times, as they keep telling us. Lots of people are struggling. What if I've got debts? Should I still save or, or should I be using every last penny to pay back whatever I owe to the lender or the lenders in question? Yeah, what, what I would say is it depends on what kind of debts you've got. If your debts are manageable and, and low cost, then that shouldn't really be something that will hold you back from, from starting a rainy day fund. Having some savings set aside means that you won't have to, to fall back on expensive borrowing if something unexpected does come up. If you've got expensive debts, um, so things like credit cards, overdraft debt, maybe if you had arrears on your mortgage or, or payday loans, in that instance, I would say, yeah, you might want to have a think about kind of using any spare money to pay that kind of debt off first. So, so not necessarily paying all your, your debt off, but I would definitely look at what it is, what the interest rates are. The Money and Pension Service has actually got some useful guide, guides and, and guidance on whether to save or pay off debts first. So that's a really good resource 
for, for people as well. So um, that's the money and pension service. So they might want to have a look on there at the section that does go on about whether you should be saving or, or clearing debts. Good stuff. Now, each week, so far as we've been covering various topics, Phil has given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. So uh, ever benefited from or found yourself bothered because you didn't have an emergency fund, Phil? I would say years ago, I, I never really had much money. So I know what it was like. Things would come up and you need to like beg, steal or borrow to, to kind of pay things off. But I, I'm fortunate now that I've got an emergency fund. And do you know what? It gives me peace of mind. that If anything unexpected comes up, I've got the, the money there to help out um, with, with anything. So it, it is, it's about just peace of mind and, and for me I, I know what it's like it's not easy to, to save regularly for, for a lot of folk but it's just trying to be disciplined and, and get into the good habit of, of having it but having an emergency fund is such an important thing and it, unfortunately it's something that many people just don't really do at all or, or have much emergency funds I mean I I get statistics and emails through all the time that there's one legal in general does a, a report I think it's called deadline to the breadline and um <laughs> it, it, it always says like how oh, I mean like I, I think the majority of people don't even have enough to, to cover like two months I, I think it's like uh, 40 days or something that people would generally tend to get by without their income coming in so stuff, stuff like that it is good I mean if if someone sat down with a financial advisor, they can look at things like income protection. But this show here, it's just about an emergency fund and just having some funds there in case anything unexpected comes up. And Phil, we always do this bit as well. You find inspiration, I know, through various people that you admire. And you do love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on why it's a good idea to have an emergency fund? The, the quote of the week I've got this week's from someone called Ryan Blair, and it's, if it is important to you, you will find a way. If not, you will find an excuse. True enough. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer that. Let's get on to this week's contact details coming up. I'll give it to you after these. Our first question today comes from Mel in Old Meldrum, who asks, do you recommend that I take a fixed rate or variable rate mortgage at the moment? What I would usually say to that question is, like just now, the fixed rates are, are definitely by by far and away the most popular at the, the present time. I, I, th I know my firm, the bulk of the mortgages that, that they're doing, the, the mortgage advisors, mainly fixed rates. But I think the reason for that is that people like to know exactly how much they're going to be paying and don't want it to be fluctuating up or down. Now, nobody knows how interest rates are going to go. We, we expect that they will stay fairly low for, for quite some time. The, the Bank of England have said that, I mean, the, the Bank of England base rate at the minute is 0.1%. I mean, it, it could change, it could go lower. I, I personally think it's unlikely to go any lower. It's like, how, how low can you go? There's talk of negative interest rates, whether that would happen, who knows? But just now, for most people, the fixed rate's generally a great option because they know for budgeting exactly what they're going to pay. Unusually, at the minute, a lot of the fixed rate mortgages are lower than the variable rate deals. Usually, it's the other way around. Normally, the variable rate ones tend to be lower than the, the fixed rates. So but because of that, most folk are just saying, yeah, I can afford that payment for whether it be a fixed rate for two years, three years, five years, or however long. But it is, it's a decision down to your own individual kind of preferences. But the, the fixed rates are definitely the most popular at the minute. 
Phil, uh, just to go back to that for, for a second, I've heard the idea of the, the negative interest um, rate being applied as well. Does that mean that the mortgage lender comes around and gives me a couple of quid every month? How you does, how does yeah, that work? Well, several years back, some of the lenders, I know BM Solutions, they're a, a buy-to-let lender. They, they actually had a deal. It was like the base rate minus a percentage. So, so your interest rate trapped to the base rate for the life of the, the mortgage. And I, I had a couple of clients that were on this cracking deal where when the base rate dropped like a stone, I mean, at one point it was like 5.75, and then it went down to about three quarters of a percent, half a percent, and at the minute it's point, point 0.1. But some of these folk that had a tracker deal where they were paying less than the base rate, if, if they were on an interest-only mortgage, they were actually getting money back from the lender, which is just quite <laughs> incredible. Now, if, if you're on a repayment mortgage, you're still paying off the, the capital that you borrowed. But on some of that buy-to-let interest-only mortgages, the, you're right, people were actually getting the money back from the, the banker building society that, that they were with, which just seems crazy. But Do you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd be ramping that up. I'd be saying, listen, if you can't, if you can't get this to me uh, at the same date every month, then we can come around and repossess your bank. <laughs> we'll it's be nuts, with I know. <laughs> That's just it's bizarre. Nuts. I can't believe oh, that could happen. It's a pity that there's no deals like that available at the minute, unfortunately. But I mean, some some of the folk that's on some of these old mortgage deals like that, I mean, just crackers, and, and yeah. you kind of kind of beat it. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, they're, they, the interest rates are a bit different these days. I mean, there, yeah. there's some backing mortgage deals out there. I mean, for for anybody that's got a deposit to put down, I mean, the, some of the interest rates are, are cracking just now. Even with folk that's only got like a, a five or 10% deposit. I mean, the rates are still a lot better than what they had been years ago. So it's a good time for, for folk kind of looking to, to take out a mortgage just now. The, the one thing I would say is the lenders are a wee bit choosy. I mean, if MDs had any mispayments and things, it makes it a little bit more difficult. It's maybe a wee bit harder for folk who are self-employed just now. The lenders are asking for a bit more stuff, but yeah, it's a, a good time for, for folk to be looking at mortgages just now. Good stuff. Uh, next is James from Largs, who says, one of my friends was recently trying to get me to invest in cryptocurrency. What's your views on this? I'm going to be very honest. I I didn't know much about cryptocurrencies. It, it's a topic that I just, I've never looked into it all that much. I know I have a couple of friends that have, have invested in Bitcoin. However, the, the amounts that they've tended to put in have been quite small amounts. They've not put like big, significant amounts of money in it. But what I would say is that investing, in, whether it be a cryptocurrency or, or any kind of currency, if someone's investing in currency, that you've got the risks of the, the, the sort of currency risk there, uh, exchange rates and things. And you know, in, in hindsight, well, in hindsight, but a lot of people like the idea of getting high rewards. However, it's always worth bearing in mind the risks. So, you know, it, it, it's something I didn't know an awful lot about. So I've got to be honest and, and say that, but it just, sometimes folk will, will take their chances and, and get the rewards. Sometimes they've, they invest in things and it, it goes down. But I think with that, you've got to be willing to, or prepared to, yeah, you might get the upsides, but you've got to be prepared for for the downsides. And I sense the wise, the wise money man is erring on the side of caution in this. Instance. I definitely <laughs> like it's not something I've I, I've never put any money in it myself, but it, so, some folk do. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think. Was it, it Elon Musk? so much. 
Yeah, was it Elon Musk, the, you know, the Tesla guy? Did he not buy a whole whack of Bitcoin just the other month? Yeah, I, I think a few weeks ago as well, yeah. they, they actually said that Tesla now accept Bitcoin as a, a payment method, I think, for buying their, their cars as well. And I, I think I said in a previous show, I mean, likes Elon Musk, yeah, he, he can put a lot of money into cryptocurrencies because he can afford to lose it. Yeah. That's a thing. And some sometimes it's not how much you can gain, but it's how much you can afford to, to lose. So I, I personally am quite cautious on that sort of things, to, to be honest. All right. I would just say, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. I think I say it every week, but I kind of believe we're up to episode 36. I know. It's nuts. <laughs> just, where's the time flying? It's so quickly. Well, thank you for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show. Search personal finance with phil anderson that's personal finance with phil anderson on facebook phil's on twitter and linkedin as well or you can email phil a question that he can answer on a future show his address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk that's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk send him your question and like i say phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast and please Don't worry, we won't use your real name if you prefer us not to. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.